Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. All right. Now, to the one that you have the most difficult time with in your life, you have that person. Every one of us has somebody we have a difficult time with. Um, I want you to say to yourself, picture them in your mind and say, man, they have changed. You see, God has given us the ability to recognize what he does. Not what he's doing always, but what he does. You know, he does things, and he gives us the ability to recognize that. Now, a couple of things I want to go over is not only do we all look so different, um, but uh, I want to make mention of a, of a couple of things. One is, it's so good to be back. There, there's nothing like your home family. You know, we went to our daughter's church down in Texas. It's a great church. Love it. Love the preaching there. Love our kids and grandkids there. Um, and, uh, but it's this that we miss. And God places us in a group, in a family, for a reason. And sometimes you may question, why, why am I here? Well, you're here because most likely God placed you here. Maybe you stumbled upon it. Maybe uh, you've just been here because your parents were here and you're still here. There's some of those cases. And your kids are here, and they'll be here when we're long gone, perhaps. But uh, most likely, it's because God says this about you. He directs your path. And he takes us and he puts us in a family where we can be most cared for and loved and grow. And the trend in America today, or maybe throughout the world, I'll only speak to America, is to not have close ties to other people. Not have close relationships with other people. We go to church, we show up, I put on a nice jacket, one that when, when, uh, when I expire, Carla wants me to will it to her. Um, I only wear it three times a year, it'll still look good. But uh, the trend and the temptation is to not have those close-knit relationships. Close-knit relationships are vital. Why? Because they can be an anchor to us or they can be a wind in our sails. They can be both. They can propel us into the next phase, the next step. I don't know about you, I'm a person who does much better when someone is encouraging me than when they are criticizing me. You know, many of us that played sports, if you had a coach that just was down on you and telling you you got to improve, for me it was much more difficult to improve than a coach who projected a vision and a picture and an encouragement of what he sees I can do and be. So that's why we're in a family. That's why God puts us in a, in a family. 
so that we can grow and we can open up our lives in ways and trust that we'll be safe and helped through difficult times and good times. Amen? Who's interpreting today? Oh, okay, good. So change is in the air. I was going to make the request, there's something in the air tonight. <laughs> but, but I didn't give the worship team enough time to do that song. Um, on our vacation, on our trip, two things really stood out to me that I want to share about today. Um, I'm not going to share about all the mishaps, the delays in flying because of bird strikes and yeah. things like that, but I'm going to share about uh, just two things that really stood out, and I allowed the, the Lord to work into my spirit. I wanted to just allow him to kind of work yeah. that into my person. One is uh, we were in Pennsylvania visiting Nancy's family, and we went out for a walk. We went on many walks there, but we went out for a walk one morning along a, a stream bed. And as we got back in there, along the stream bed, there's a bench sitting there that you can sit down and enjoy watching the river flow. Yeah. And uh, it was donated by her, her cousins in memory of their parents, I believe. I can't remember all the details on that. But there's an inscription on it by Heraclitus. And it goes like this. No man ever steps into the same river twice. For it's not the same river, and he's not the same man. We are always changing, just like that river is always changing. Now, in the moment, the appearance may be all the same. You're just watching the, the glitter of the sun on the water and stuff, but what's happening underneath is complete change. You see, we're, we're watching something very uniquely done by God, and that is we're watching people change. And he's changing you Amen. into their image, his image. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 goes like this. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. <clears throat> the old is gone. The new has come. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, it says, Don't lose heart. We are being renewed day by day. Now think of that person that you have the most difficult time with. You're like, man, oh God, why don't you do something with that person? I know my wife's thinking about me right now. Um, don't lose heart, for you are being renewed day by day. Amen. For me, I look at that scripture a little more broadly, rather than looking at that person and hoping they'll change. I usually turn it around towards myself and say, Lord, uh, what is it in me that you'd like to change? 
and then I'll be able to view the change that's taking place in their life. You follow that? Romans chapter 12, verse 2 tells it this way. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind through God's word, not through something else, not through self-help books. They're all good. Uh, There's all kinds of aspects that we can look into to help, but what renews the mind to completely change our worldly thinking, our worldly ways, the world's effect on us, is by reading the Word of God. And every time you do that, whenever you read God's Word, or spend time with Him in prayer, or spend time with Him in just worship, you are being renewed. You'll never be the same. And it may be in such minute increments to you that you don't notice it. You know, I didn't notice that I was losing my hair until last week. But my wife's been telling me that for 40 years. I just thought I had a high hairline. But every time you spend reading the scripture, taking time in prayer and talking to God or in worship, you are changed. But it's like looking in a mirror. You don't notice the day-to-day change. But if you look at a picture from 10 years ago, you'll say, oh, wow, I've changed. It's like that on your inner man as well. Like the man stepping into the river. The next time he does, he's not the same, and neither is that river. It's changed. Now I want to take us to the next thing that stood out to me, and that is the universe is ever-changing as well. We, uh, we went from Texas, where, by the way, it was 105 degrees on average, and I loved it. I soaked it in as much as I could every day because the Lord does not like a double standard, and he knows that I'm going to complain about winter. This will be 51 for me, and I've started to complain about winter. So I refuse to complain about the summer because I know how the Lord feels about that. So I soaked in as much as I could knowing I was coming home to change in the air. But from Texas, we went on to uh, Pennsylvania, and then we went on with our, we met up with our other uh, kids and grandkids in Pennsylvania. They flew in, we met them there, and we went on to Washington, D.C., Went to Gettysburg. I had never been there before. That was just a very um, solemn experience. But we went on to D.C. and we went to the Smithsonian. And while at the Smithsonian, we went to the Air and Space Museum. And uh, in the Air and Space Museum, we took in the Hubble Big Bang Theory uh, Theater. Now, this is a dome 
So you're, you're surrounded 360 degrees, well, 180 actually, because it's not on the floor, but uh, by the universe and all these pictures they've taken and, and they've turned it into a movie and they've turned it into the whole Hubble law using that as their theory, the Hubble law theory and, uh, and the Big Bang how this came into existence, and that's their approach to it. Uh, the Big Bang Theory is not anything new. I think it was originally uh, thought by scientists in 19, early 1900s. Um, but that's not the point. But it's a fantastic presentation. I just really enjoyed it. However, I had to get up and move from our original seats to the back so I could lay down more and look at the whole thing because we were kind of near the front and my neck was too cranked. But it's fantastic when you think of the universe and all of the creation. But one thing that really stood out to me, and none of this, by the way, I love this kind of stuff. None of it affects me in a negative way towards my faith in God. It only increases it. It just always increases how vast, how God's imagination is without limit, how God's creation is without uh, any limitations on it whatsoever. And uh, here's a few things that uh, stood out. Um, The universe is constantly changing. It is expanding. And um, previously, there's been a lot of thought about dying stars and the light that we see are millions and millions of light years away, and those planets are already gone, or stars are already gone or dead, and we're just now seeing the light. But the thing that stood out to me was within this universe and these stars placed everywhere, two things. One is no matter where you would be in the universe, we're on Earth. But should you be in some galaxy far, far away and on some star or planet there, when you look out at this creation that God created, it would appear as though you are the center of the universe. And the reason I believe it's that way is because God wants you to know that no matter where you're at in life, when you look out, he has his eye on you and you're the center, you're the apple of his eye. The other thing that really stood out to me I'll give us a few scriptures for you that are sitting out there going, this guy's a whack job. (laughs) Is uh, what used to be thought of as deep space, black holes, uh, darkness, uh, is actually now, uh, they refer to it as dark matter. It's actually made up of a substance. It's not void of substance. It's not void of anything, and there's just 
this stuff in between somehow held together. It's actually a substance called dark matter. And, you know, as they've portrayed it, you can almost see it like a membrane. And yeah. it's just kind of holds all things together. In Hebrews 11, we know this. By faith, we understand that the universe is framed by the word of God. And in Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, faith is a substance. Faith is a substance. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. This universe is held together by a substance that emits from the very essence of God that is faith. And, you know, I'm just sitting there and I'm just like, oh, man, all of this just, to me, points more and more into this tremendous God that we have come to love and has shown us his love and have come to understand and have fellowship with. But faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. These scientists, some believe in God. Maybe some don't, but no matter what they discover, they can't help but point eventually towards God. Because just like no matter where you find yourself in the, in the universe, it appears as you're the center, God is the center of all. Now, maybe the thing about space and time bothers you, you know, maybe you're um, the earth is only 7,000 years old. I'm good with that. You can believe that. We do have a timeline as far as from Adam to Noah to Abraham yeah. to Christ to Moses to Christ. We have these things. We really don't have a timeline on the earth. So I think it's comfortable for us as Christians to say, well, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and then we hear of Adam being placed on the earth, so we come to the conclusion, naturally, that it's 7,000 years old, and I'm not here to debate that. But how do they calculate that the universe is millions and millions of years old? They don't. You would have to take that by faith. And just like that, I believe God is outside of time. And so he was never created within that confines of the universal, whether it's be 7,000 years or whether it be millions of years, he's existed because he was never created. In 2 Timothy 3.7, it says of this, ever learning, always learning, and never able to arrive at the knowledge of the truth. Some of this is just, we're just keep pursuing to figure it all out. You know what was so exciting about watching that entire show? I already have it all figured out. 
And I don't have the degrees all these guys have. I don't even have the interest in pursuing it from that level. I mean, we're talking about some pretty heavy minds, some deep thinkers and some, some uh, just, I mean, a lot of effort. And I'm not going to put that kind of effort into it because I already know the answer. But I can enjoy their effort. I can enjoy all this stuff that we're discovering and that we're finding out through the, the, the satellites we've sent out. And the, um, but the scripture's very clear. There will always be uh, ever learning, but some will never come to the knowledge of the truth. You see, the, the truth is, in all of this vastness, all of this creation, all of this just mystery, mysterious stuff going on, intricate, fabulous, I mean, I loved it. God's made a very simple way, though, for you to know him. He hasn't made it complicated for you to come into relationship with him. He hasn't made it difficult. You don't have to continue to pursue, pursue, pursue more knowledge to see if you can figure him out. He's made it very simple, a very simple way for you to come to a fullness of the knowledge of God. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 6, it says... Um, I'm using a different translation. I'll wait for that one up there. Basically, it says, everything is held together by God. God is in all, through all, and by him, we have our being. When I saw this presentation of the whole unbelievable stuff out there that goes on forever, infinite. It didn't make me feel small. It made me feel like that same God that dwells in the midst of all that dwells in me. I'm a part of that fabric. You're a part of that fabric. Next time you're feeling small and insignificant, remember this. You are woven in together with this creation that will continue with God, and you will be with him throughout eternity. And I think that it will continue to expand throughout eternity. God will continue to be who he is. He'll continue to just complete who he is. And you're a part of that. And don't say to yourself, yeah, but I'm a very small part. No, you're not. You're the part he wants you to be. Because it says he knew you. Wait a minute. We're getting there. He knew you. From the foundations, way back, maybe 7,000 years, maybe millions of years, but he knew you. And he says, you're going to be a part of this wonderful thing that I call creation. And we are held together uh, as a part of it because God is in all, through all. And by him we have our being. Now, I find this very interesting, too. As science continues to explore and find all this new stuff, you can come right to the Bible and say, oh, well, there it is. Yeah. 
I mean, you've colored it in. And you've shown us some pictures of it. But the Bible's already spoken of it. Colossians 1, verses 15, 16, and 17. It says, He is the image of the invisible God. We're talking about Jesus Christ here. The firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through and for him. And he is before all, and in him all things hold together. So if you ever get the opportunity to go to the Smithsonian and see that, and you see how they portray the heavens, the earths, and the galaxies beyond galaxies beyond galaxies, and they're saying that now they believe that it's ever expanding. It's not shrinking. It's expanding. Because God is a creation God. But you can look at that and you can say all of this stuff is held together by him. Now, they call it dark matter. I call it God himself. Amen. Being who he is. All right, John chapter 8, verse 58. I'm going to end with this. <clears throat> Jesus said, I am, uh, what I am about to tell you is true. Before Abraham was born, I am. God has a purpose for you, each and every one of you. He has a purpose for you in his church. Uh, worldwide in this body as a part of the church he has a purpose for you in your job he has a purpose for you now you may run into roadblocks you may run into construction you may run into difficulties you may run into detours in that keep your eye on the cross of Christ keep your eye on the Lord Jesus Christ because he's made a simple way for you to walk with him even in the midst of detours even in the midst of maybe you know I was watching this uh, video clip and these people are trying to get over this mountain pass but the mountain pass avalanched and came down just trees dirt everything and being human like we are too many of them were standing there filming it with their cameras and then like, oh, we better run. <laughs> their path was changed, but not their purpose. Right. Your path might get changed, but not God's plan. He has a race for you to complete in your life. Yeah. And he will see you if you could keep your eye on him and on the cross of Christ, he 
will see you complete that race successfully. And you know what? In that race, you will take first place. You know why? Because you're not competing against me. You're not competing against Bob. You're not, comp you're, not, you're not competing against anyone else. You're running your race with him that he's set you on the course of. And because you're the only one in the race, guess what? You become the victor in that race. But the challenge is don't look at the detour. Don't look at the change as far as uh, circumstantial changes. Keep your eye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Keep the heart in relationship and communion with him. And you'll be able to complete that race. And in the midst of that race, you'll continually change because change is in the air. Change is a part of God's nature. Amen? Amen. This intricate, creative God that made such a vast heaven and universe has made it ever so simple for us to have a close relationship, intimate, personal relationship with him through Jesus Christ, his son. Now, if you've not experienced that, I encourage you, ask the Lord Jesus Christ to become your Lord, to surrender your heart to him and to follow him to read his teachings. You know, a lot of people can read teaching, but it's a whole different thing when your eyes of your understanding are opened because you've also opened your heart and said, come into me. I acknowledge you for who you are and I want to live for you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.